The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, today we, we ask that you rend the heavens and breathe upon us, O oh God. Open our eyes to see as we ought to see. Change our lives. Let the name of Jesus be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And um, we, we thank God for Rita's testimony. I mean, for an amazing journey that God has taken out, out through. It's unbelievable. The problems of the black man. And the things we take our people through. You know. But thank God for Jesus. Praise God. So today we are in part two of season two of, of the black man. Which is um, where we are going to land the, the series on, on the black man. And, and we explain at the ATM service how we need to, as a people, begin to tell our own Stories. There are things that are conveniently ignored in the history books because they don't favor a certain race. And, and a lot of the achievement and, and things that the black race have actually contributed are being ignored very, very conveniently. But again, as a people, we have to tell our own stories. We have to tell our children how great we are as a people. And last week we looked at certain black personalities in scriptures and how the fact that the Bible is actually um, has a lot of references to the contribution of the black man in scriptures. And we went through a couple of them. And today we are going to look at some of them in, in history what has been contributed and all that. Because like um, Chino Achibe said that unless the lion learns to tell his own story, his story will always be told by the hunter. And that is so true. You, the hunter will say, oh, how I entered the jungle. I saw assaulted. I saw a lion. I fired a sniper shot, caught the right air, jumped on the lion, tore his mouth, and the, the author will always be the, the actor. <laughs> but he would say how many authors the lion took off their legs or took their lives. Or the, you know, as a people, we have to tell our own story. Praise the name of the Lord. So we start with um, a group of, of people that are called the Grimaldis, or the, the Grimaldis. <clears throat> and that's a black race that lived in Europe 12,000 years ago. Complete skeletons are in the Museum of Monaco. So, like, we explained when the first civilization was by the black man. And last week, we looked at the person that led that civilization, and his name is what? Nimrod. And the kingdoms that Nimrod set up 
went as far as Europe, the Americas, as we're going to see, India. It was unbelievable. It was Nimrod that wanted to build the Tower of Babel that will reach the heavens. And God said, he's going to do it if, if we don't stop him. History tells us that there are black men that lived in America thousands of years before Columbus got there. Yet, history would say that Columbus discovered America. How? He met people there. He met West Indies. He met blacks. And he actually, in his writings, acknowledged that. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that the kingdoms and the civilizations spread to the west, to the Americas, to the east. The father of military strategy is a black man called Hannibal. His tactics are still being taught in military academies all around the world. Charles Drew, a black man, Invented the blood bank. Invented the black man. Blood bank. It was a black man. The clock was invented in America by a black man called Benjamin Benaka. Inoculation was introduced to the U.S. by a black man when there was smallpox outbreak. His name was Onesimus, and he says. He described how we we used to do it back home. Scratch the people that had chicken pox, introduce the virus into the bloodstream of those that are healthy and they develop resistance. A black woman, Marian Croak, holds 135 patents, primarily in voice over IP. That is amazing. Praise the name of the Lord. And again, we, 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 we kept saying, or if you were here in season one, we explained that the black race cannot hold on to slavery as a reason why it will not thrive. The black race cannot hold on to slavery as a reason why there's injustice against it. Why? Because, I mean, there were slaves, white slaves, in America, the first slaves held in the U.S. were not blacks. Did you know that? They were white. White Europeans, mostly British and Irish. Andrew Johnson, a president, a former president of the United States of America, was a runaway slave. Was a runaway slave. In fact, free black men also bought white slaves in Louisiana and Virginia <laughs> before the state prohibited it. So we are also guilty, right? But we have to see history as it is. Otherwise, we will just keep pointing fingers and pointing fingers and we won't own and take responsibility for our destiny. Look, Slave trade happened is gone. We need to stop laying claims 
to reparation. Well, probably there should be reparation. But we, 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 we need to stop thinking that unless there's reparation, we cannot become who God has called us to be. Praise the name of the Lord. Did you know that the great pyramid of Egypt was built by a black man called Kum Kufu? The Greeks call him Cheops. <laughs> he built the great pyramid. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And, you know, if you see certain narratives of history, they are claiming, oh, we don't know who built the great pyramid. That's a big fat lie. We know who built it. We may not know how they did it because they had superior technology than we do, but we know who built it. So there's a video clip that I want us to see on how awesome what they did was. So, so what we hear that the, the, the Africans are backward. Backward in their thinking, backward in technology, backward in, in everything. But now, how did our forefathers build the pyramid? How did they know the dimensions of the earth? For a long time, the Western world claimed that the earth was flat. Yet thousands of years ago, these guys knew it was round. They knew the dimensions of the diameter. They could lock a whole monument to True North. Where did the knowledge come from? So we're people that have lost a, a part of our story. And it is our responsibility to tell our story. Praise the name of the Lord. Even back home, coming closer... The, the, the Benin uh, Kingdom. TheGuardian.com says this that with its mathematical layout and earthwork longer than the Great Wall of China. You will hear the Great Wall of China, the Great Wall of China. Have you? I mean, everywhere the Great Wall of China, the Benin Kingdom surpasses it. Praise God. The Benin City was one of the best planned cities in the world when London was a place of thievery and murder. So why is nothing left? Nothing is left because the British destroyed it. And they saw to it that it was a kingdom that was erased. And they stole all the artifacts and took it to the museum in England so that we can come and pay to watch the artifact or to look at the artifact. They can tell us our own story from their own perspective. Again, I, I kept saying from the ATM service, this is not hate speech. It's just facts. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone say, no hate. Just facts. Just facts. So if you are white, you are in this congregation, don't feel uncomfortable. We are not about to mob you. We are watching online. The key thing is this. If we don't tell our story, history is designed to eradicate it. Also, concerning the, the Benin Kingdom, a mathematician um, said, said this. He said, <laughs> when Europeans first came to Africa, they considered the architecture of the Benin Kingdom very disorganized and thus primitive, in their own words. It never occurred to them that the Africans might have been using 
a form of mathematics that they hadn't even discovered yet. Benin City's planning and design was done according to careful rules of symmetry, proportionality, and repetition, now known as fractal design. So, maybe decades after, or hundreds of years after, they all of a sudden discovered the patterns that were used by in Benin City, that it was not just an haphazard design, it was a mathematically calculated design, even in the art. Praise the name of the Lord. That is not an accident. It shows a people of great thought, a people of great invention. And it is the culture, the dark side of our culture, that has fed the destruction of the black man, or the, the, the destruction of, of the black man. That's the third aspect. You know, we talked about three aspects last week. The first was the, the, the curse of Wu, the curse of Am. The second was the curse of Wu, Nimrod, 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 Nimrod. The, <laughs> the third was the, um, the dark side of the value system. So for us as a people to overcome this limitation, we have to break the cost of arm, break the cost of Nimrod, and break the, away from the dark side of our value system. So I'm going to run through it again. What are, what are the dark sides of our value system that we need to stay away from as a people? The number one thing is instant gratification. The black man just wants mostly everything now. Instantly, it's like a hunter. Nimrod was a hunter. A hunter points and kills. It's not a cultivator. A cultivator is a, hunt, a husbandman that tends and, 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 and waters and waits patiently. The second we need to get rid of is idolatry. Idolatry has to do really with worship of any other god apart from Jehovah, the most high god. But the argument that I've been put to us is, oh, before the whites came, we had our own gods. So the whites came to um, use the Bible to trick us. So they said, let's pray. We closed our eyes. By the time we opened our eyes, we had the Bible, they had the land. We heard that before. Is that true? That may be true, but that is not the truth is not complete. So what is the complete story? Why are we Christians today and why should we be? Because God had a plan and God sent his son, his name is Jesus and he came on earth and said and he was not white. Jesus was not from the west. Jesus was from Shem. Jesus was not from Japheth. Jesus was from Shem. Remember last week when we said where everybody came from. So, and he died on the cross for you and I. In fact, the first people to bring the gospel to Africa was not the white people. Where was Philip? Remember the story in Acts chapter 8. Philip was joined to an Ethiopian leader, an Ethiopian eunuch who was a black man who was reading Isaiah 53. And the man said, I don't understand what I'm reading. And Philip explained to him, he gave his life to Christ, he was baptized, and through that man, the gospel came to Africa. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Yeah. <laughs> The Western missionaries later brought the gospel, yes. The political part of the crew had a different agenda, yes. But God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> it's wonderful to perform. That's why the, the, the oldest, oldest churches in the world today are in Ethiopia. Older than the Church of England. There are buildings of churches in Ethiopia older than the Church of England. So it couldn't have come from the Church of England. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to shred disloyalties, disloyalty that will make a chief sell his own youth into slavery because of monetary gain. It's disloyalty to your own people that will make even people that weren't chiefs were getting involved in capturing people and selling them to slavery. We need to get away from that dark side. And it's happening today. In fact, you could say, oh, I, I wasn't part of that. I couldn't be a part of that. But you see, people are betraying their sisters and their brothers today. Black man. It's so, of course, there's betrayal in every tribe. But I'm just, I'm just saying that the black man has this hallmark of betrayal. And as a people, we need to reverse it. Praise the name of the Lord. Crab mentality. We talked about that extensively last week. The impulsiveness of pulling other people down as soon as they want to rise. In fact, they can cooperate. They don't co- they likely don't cooperate to do great things. I don't know how that is so possible. But to destroy people, they can cooperate. But we can cooperate. But we need to jump away from that mindset. In the mighty name of Jesus. Single generational thinking. Just thinking one generation at a time. Repressive, you know, keeping everybody down so that you can be the, oh, the, the big man. Everybody can be saying, Ratka Dede, Ratka Dede. I mean, this is a problem of the, of the North today. So we have an elite that they're doing very well, but the majority of the North is in poverty abject poverty and it serves the purpose of the elite to keep them down so that they can be worshipped they can be giving them bread giving them handouts, talking about they are doing sarah that they are so that Allah can be merciful unto them instead of lifting them out of poverty abuse of women a culture generally is very oppressive of women and generally there are exceptions here and there but generally, we have cultures that struggle with t- and taking women as the possession of their husbands. So a, a husband would relate to his wife as though the wife is his personal possession. I've been challenged as a pastor several times, you know, by some men that said, Pastor, are you, you are trying to teach our wives to be rebellious. They are our possessions. Why are you trying to set them free? And I'm saying to them that, listen, the same thing I'm teaching everybody is what my wife is hearing, right? So if I'm teaching a bad thing, so I should also get it, right? My wife should also be rebellious and, you know, causing trouble. But she, she's not. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so we need to walk away from that, you know, and 
of course, the emergency nature. We will pride ourselves by saying lastminute.com. We make it 21st century compliant. We don't get things that we need to get done, done on time. We need to start rushing. It's a big problem. You are causing problems for your colleagues, for your spouse, for your children, for the community, for everybody. That must change. Do I get an amen? amen. So there are other things that colonization and slavery introduced that complicated even this as Dark, the dark side of our value system. Of course, every value system has a dark side. We are looking at the black man, so that's why we are focusing on that. And that is poor governance. Generally, the, the black don't have poor governance. Not perfect, but they have their own way of getting things done. Getting things done. This unity, it's, it's fed on that disloyalty to its own people. There's a short video clip I want us to see about a woman that was <laughs> recently going to get an award and a black community, I mean, rose up against her. Let's have the video. So, we get a black woman nominated. Why can't everybody just come and celebrate her? It's as, it's as if, oh, we are entitled to it. So she's coming to take a part of our cookie. We are the ones that are the children of this. And people will argue with me that there's no curse. That is a cursed behavior. They can be speaking for ne, but there's a curse in place that's following. And we have to break it. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so, yeah. Corruption introduced, um, donor dependency syndrome introduced, um, immigration is now a big, 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 <laughs> big, big, unfortunate problem. And let me explain this. Immigration, as far as man existed, if, I mean, immigration is a standard thing. People will always emigrate from a place to a place that they feel they have better opportunities. Standard. It's standard. But you see, when people now, young people, the best of our people, see that there's no future for them at all. There's a big problem with that. You know, um, my, someone forwarded, <laughs> there's a graphic, someone forwarded to me about reintroducing the medical and dental graduating class of 19 of College of Medicine, University of Lagos. And somebody tweeted back, congratulations. I wish you all a speedy immigration to your true countries. But look at that. Look at that. Why? Because, in, I mean, in reality, in reality, let's be honest, can they fulfill their potentials here? Right now, can they? They can't. Should they go? Well, it's a personal decision. If they go, I can't judge them. But until we change how we are set up, until we change all these things, and it is possible for it to be changed, 
will still struggle. Colonial heritage. You know, sometimes we hold on so tenaciously to our colonial heritage. And it's about time we begin to challenge it and dissociate ourselves from it. You know, oh, we were colonized by the French. We are better than you. You were colonized by the British. Oh, we were colonized by, the, by, by uh, Portugal. Oh, we were... Pro- but a slave is a slave. And I like that there's a fresh generation that is challenging these systems. You know, there was uh, the president of France gave a speech at somewhere in Senegal, and, and he said this. He said, with a family that has seven or eight children in Africa, even if you invest billions, nothing will change. Because the challenge of Africa is civilization. Excuse me. Seven or eight children, what's your business? The Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> if you can take care of them, please do. So, even if you invest billions, excuse me, why should French be investing billions in Africa? Do you know, do you know that? We should cut off all the AIDS that's coming to Africa. You see, only one person is clapping. Because others, others are saying, hey, pastor, hey. We don't need it. It's just keeping the continent in servitude. You cut off the AIDS. Let them keep the, the money. In fact, we'll see, it wasn't even their money. That's for another day. But I was glad that some guy got up and responded to him and said, I'm not saying that I agree with everything the guy says. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you facts, not hate. Praise God. The guy says, Africans do not need your debauchery, debauchery civilization. Talking to Mr. Macron. Because with your so-called civilization, a woman can sleep with a woman. With a dog. A child can insult his father and mother. We don't insult our parents in Africa. We don't do that. Praise God. Without problem, a young man can live with a woman who is his mother's age. Who was he talking to? <laughs> I did say that to uh, his, his name is there, it's not me. I'm just facts, not, not hate. It's grandma without a problem. Africans have no civilization lesson to learn from people like you. What is delaying this continent is the large scale pilage of its resources by the great powers. France in the lead. Britain, Belgium, and the the likes. The challenge for Africa is to get rid of France because the latter is not the solution to its underdevelopment. It is at the heart of its problem. Amodu Domo of Conakry, Guinea. If you have a problem with that, 
talk to him. Praise the Lord. And so we have faulty education systems. We have our schools today, you know, I mean, and, you know, proprietors and uh, school heads and principals are very proud of saying, oh, uh, we are British curriculum. Have you heard that before? Uh, we are American curriculum. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Again, from a business standpoint, you have to do that to survive. So I'm not, I'm not judging you or anything. I'm just saying the issues are, they run deep. So I'm not saying schools that are running British curriculum should shut down. That's not what I'm saying. They have to do it to survive today. But it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing that we can't have our own curriculum. It's an unfortunate thing that our curriculum cannot stand shoulder to shoulder. It's an unfortunate thing that we don't even teach our own history in our own schools. We don't. They're teaching European history. They're teaching American Civil War in Nigerian schools. Yet, we cannot talk about Nigerian Civil War. We cannot talk about what the Igbos went through. We cannot talk about the hate that is filling the nation. We can't talk about it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And so there's a self-image problem. There's a self-image problem. People can't even take joy in speaking their own language. They, they, they don't. Until your, your children are speaking phonetics. You see a child that's been only Abba and Akbu they've been eating. They come back from school they say hello uh, pastry. I'm like hello what? I'm not saying it's wrong I'm bad. I'm just saying can they speak nothing but And you can clap alone. It's okay. So people have lost. I mean, I was sharing how I was playing golf with some guy in, in the U.S. And he did a DNA. They have this DNA thing that they do. They take your blood. They run your profile. They tell you where you are from. And it, he's from, he's, he's an Igbo man. And his father's father's father it was a slave from, from the Igbo land of Nigeria. So when, when he discovered I was Nigerian, the way he was, oh, give me. Oh, my brother. Oh, and I could see that this was a full-grown man. He had no identity. He had no identity. He was confused. Totally confused. I've been in churches. I mean, that the pastors will say to me, I, I used to, I used, I've served in different departments of church. I used to be in the choir and all that. And the pastors will say to us, we don't speak Yoruba songs in this church. We don't speak Igbo songs in this church. We only speak English. We just sing English songs. I have an issue with it. But I will continue to sing English songs for them. <laughs> but as soon as I became a pastor, if you don't like it, go and jump. 
Jesus, I can Which Oyimoso can write that one? No, don't hate to. Just facts. Jesus, Ikbirendinala, I can how do you begin to sing? Oloro to the hour, okay. No, 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 no. How if all you are singing English songs? There's something wrong with it. We sing English songs. We sing Swahili songs. We sing Zulu songs. We sing African songs. We sing English songs because we know who we are. We are not a touch church because we don't sing local songs. What is what are local songs? Excuse me. So you, you don't know who you are. So you ban your choir from singing. I don't want to say local song, traditional or like indigenous songs. <laughs> Something is wrong with that. It means you have inferiority complex. So what am I saying? What I'm saying, in essence, is this: we need to stop repeating the cursed pattern. We, need to, we, can, we can choose to. We've done the prayers. We keep doing the prayers. But we need to stop the pattern. We need to stop the pattern. In Genesis 10 verse 9, God was saying, I mean the scriptures were saying, He, Nimrod, a man, was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, a mighty hunter. And we see that from the hunter's value system, is where the black man largely derives his value system. And it is, it is the same from the Esau value system. It's different from the Jacob value system. The Esau value system is the hunter value system. The Jacob value system is the cultivator value system. The Esau value system waits for the kill, for the game to be an adult before going after it. The Jacob value system tends from infant, from sucklings up until, I mean huge skill sets huge gap in the skill sets in Genesis 25 from verse 19 it says, this is the account of the family of Isaac the son of Abraham when Isaac was 40 years old he married Rebekah the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled from each, with each other in the womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. Now, listen to this. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. 
the Esau value system, the Jacob value system at loggerheads. One nation, however, will be stronger than the other. The Jacob value system will always prevail over the Esau value system. And your older, the older we serve the younger son. And when the time came to give birth, and indeed, the first one was very red at birth and covered with air, thick air, like a fur coat. But so they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. He got married at 40. He waited for 20 years. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoors man. But Jacob was a quiet, had a quiet temperament, was contemplative, preferring to stay at home and strategize and cultivate. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game. <laughs> Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, I was say stew, <laughs> Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted. He was a skillful hunter. That means he must have had some kill. Good, but hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of the red stew. This is how Esau got the other name Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as a firstborn son. Are you guys ready for this? Praise the Lord. I didn't get a response. Are you ready for this? Okay, good. Look, I am dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left like nothing happened. He showed contempt for his right as the firstborn. And I want you to read when you get home, Genesis 27 from 1 to 40. You will see the story of how the blessing, the drama of that blessing, what happened the house of Isaac was a very dysfunctional place. Very dysfunctional. His wife had her own gang. The daddy had his own gang. Everybody was trying to overpower the other. Hmm. People have said that Jacob stole Isaac's, um, Esau's birthright and blessing. If, when you read that story, did anybody put a gun on anybody's head? He didn't steal it. He negotiated for it. 
praise the name of the Lord. I've had people say to me, but, but pastor, is, that is wrong. That's wrong behavior. He, he stole it. I said, listen, that's not how the world works. The world will tilt towards the people that value the blessing and the birthright. So the fact that you have something doesn't mean that you are going to have it. If somebody else, if you don't value it, somebody else will come and take it. You can cry from now till tomorrow and everyone will back the person up. And everyone will say, I love this kind of person. That's what God did. God, that's what God did. You know, so, so there was a lot of, a lot of what you would call lying and, and scheming and, and, and deception in actually acquiring the blessing. And God looked in another way. They collect the blessing, Jerry. Why didn't God stop it? Why didn't Jacob get a curse? Because Esau had traded his birthright. And that's the problem with the black man. We have the resources, we have the blessings, we have we can feed the whole world. But we keep trading our birthrights. And as individuals, the question is, how are you trading your birthrights? The things that everyone has emerged for you, legitimately yours, how are you trading it? Because of your current hunger, because of your current appetite, because of your current desires. How are you trading it? A few things from this, and this is huge and heavy. And the first thing is this. Delayed gratification. That is everywhere. In everything we have the saying. In fact, the large percentage of the black man's problem is lack of delayed gratification. Are you going to, are you going to deprive yourself of what you want today so that you can have much more of it tomorrow? Or must you get everything now? The source of disorder in the society. In fact, someone has said, and I agree 100%, that the common denominator of every country that is underdeveloped is disorder. It's a common denominator. It's a common denominator. And one of the things that feeds disorder is not wanting to delay gratification. You get to the airport... Everybody rushes. Nobody wants to queue. Everybody wants to get out immediately. Everybody wants to get out. There's disorder. I was listening to somebody speak, and the person was like, he, he went to a, a, to <laughs> a developing country, an underdeveloped country, and he rented a car. And when he, he rented a car, somebody gave him a car. And, you know, there was no AC in the car. It was a hot country. And the person says, Oga, don't wind down. Just be going. And it was like, ah. suicide driving is from the West. And it was like, ah, it was hot. So, so I had to wind so I could get some cool breeze. So he said, you wound down. And it's not what you're thinking. Because that was all I was thinking also. Because if you wind down, if, if they give you a car in Nigeria, they say, don't wind down. You know what's going to happen when you wind down. But that was not what happened to him. He said, all of a sudden, that there was a sandstorm. And he was not trying to wild up, but the thing was not working. 
and obviously, of course, I mean, everything hit him, hit the car, and he couldn't move, and it was a bad, bad tail. This order, standard, standard. My, one thing my, my grandmother would say to us, that hunger will not kill you. Hunger will not kill you. You are hungry for something. You will not die. Just delay that gratification. Just stand your ground. You'll be fine. But many times, we don't want to. And we see that was the problem with Esau. So, but at the time, he had sold the birthright. But when the blessing came, he wanted the blessing. Who was the thief? Who was the thief? We keep calling Jacob the thief. But Esau was the thief. You have sold something, technically. You've, but it was now time to go and pick it up. Let's say you, you sold your car. You've given the papers. Then you, you now want to quickly enter because you have the keys so that you can drive away. That person is the thief. You say, yeah, but he, 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 I, I sold the paper because I was hungry. But you sold the papers. You sold the car. You gave the papers away. Don't negotiate on an empty stomach. I mean, this is standard. In fact, has been adopted in, in Harvard. I was reading an Harvard Business Review, and I was seeing how in negotiation in Harvard, they teach them don't negotiate on an empty stomach. And it's based on, on, on a research from um, three professors from Cornell University. They did a research on hundreds and thousands of students. And it's the same thing. I don't want to go into details of the research. And the outcome was the people that were negotiating on an empty stomach, they had a very bad deal. The people that, you know, didn't have an empty stomach. Esau was negotiating on an empty stomach. Bad, bad deal. Number three, we need to learn to process and produce. We need to learn to process and produce. Not to process or produce. Not take your life. What am I producing? What am I? Pro- what is the product? What is the fruitful product of my life? What am I producing? If there's nothing you're producing, something is wrong. Even if you're in paid employment, there must be something that is coming out of your life that is fruitful and beneficial to mankind. What are you producing? Esau was skillful. The Bible did not say he didn't kill any animal that day. He must have had one on his neck. But because he was lazy. He did not cook his own game. His eye, long throat, was in the one somebody else has cooked. Proverbs 12, 27 says, Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but diligent people make use of everything they find. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. Check, standard, black man. You know, we produce oil, we won't process it. We export the raw material. The people that process it, we process it, they sell it to us multiple times more. We produce cocoa, we export it. They will sell us chocolates. We buy, oh, I'm eating chocolate. Chocolate from, from Switzerland. Oh. 
don't have brain. <laughs> because you are paying. When I saw, I can't remember the figures now. When I saw how much more people we pay for the chocolate compared to the cocoa, it's staggering. But can you blame them? He that produces we always be a master of he that consumes. Because the person consuming, we always depend on the person producing. How can you, and you have the blessing, you have the, the resources, you have the, the raw rubber from our trees, they send us back different shoes, they send us back different, why? Because they are producing. Jacob was contemplative, he was strategic, he could produce, he could just cook and make a meal. Esau came back with a with game with maybe an antelope but just spend 20 minutes do yourself some barbecue mentally lazy many times a lot of a lot of us we are mentally lazy just mentally lazy are you <laughs> achieving all you can achieve if I tell you what my routine has been in the past few days, you'll be shocked at the number of books I'm reading, one, the number of courses I'm taking, two, I'm, this weekend alone, I'm preparing this sermon, which I couldn't even finish preaching in 8 a.m. service. I hope I can in this 10 a.m. And I'm preaching another sermon today, later today, totally different sermon. And they all have to be, I have to wait on God. I have to pray. I have to be sure that's what God wants me to, to preach. I have to develop the content. And I still feel maybe I'm doing 40%. That's how I feel actually. I feel I can do much more. Yet, a lot of people mentally lazy. The book you will not read. is gathering dust. Your Bible you will not read. The work to do they won't do. And God is saying, you have to change. You have to produce. So the first thing we see, that jumps us, others, the delayed gratification. Second thing, the negotiation. And Mr. Mark, third thing, process and produce. Process and produce. What am I producing? Just produce for fun. Soon, people will be paying for what you're producing. It's enough to produce for fun. Just get into the habit of being productive. Number four, the birthright, and this is huge, the birthright unlocks the blessing. He sold the birthright. Now, usually, stay with me. Stay with me. This is where I'm asking. Can you take this? Stay with me. Birthright, usually, the birthright and the blessing, they are one and they belong in patriarchal times, in the Bible times, to the firstborn. The birthright entitles the firstborn to a double portion of the inheritance of the father when he passes away, that is one, to also first right of refusal to things in the house. So, for instance, if they are sharing meat, when they finish sharing the meat, the firstborn will come he has the right of first refusal. He will come and say, okay, I don't want to choose first. 
or most of the time, he will choose first before everybody else. So he has the birth right. Now, when the patriarch is going, he now gives the firstborn the, 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 the peak of his blessing because it's the beginning of his strength. It will say, it will pour the, the peak of his blessings to the firstborn. It will bless every other child. But the firstborn's blessing is usually unique and loaded. And part of it will be making him Lord over his siblings. Making nations to bow to him. Are we still together? So, when Esau ate the food, the stew, Asaro, when he ate it, he sold the birthright. But the birthright unlocks the blessing. It's the person that has the birthright that is entitled to the blessing. But he sold the birthright thinking I will still quickly go and get the blessing because I'm daddy's boy. Jacob took the birthright. Long story short, Jacob took the blessing. Every time you trade your birthright, don't expect to have the blessing. That's how it works. It's sobering. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. I'm checking if I don't like doing things halfway, you know. I like to <clears throat> so that it's thorough. So we see that when you look at the sons of Jacob, Jacob gave the birthright the double portion to Joseph. By blessing Manasseh and Ephraim and crossing his hands and saying Ephraim before Manasseh. So even in Joseph's line, he, he crossed and, and did something that we've explained, we've explained that. But, but Joseph had the birthright. However, Judah had the blessing. Both belonged to Reuben. But because of what Reuben did, like Noah, what you did with the nakedness of your father determines whether you get a blessing or a curse. Because of what Reuben did, Jacob said, you are the beginning of my strength. But <laughs> instead of getting the blessing, he cursed the boy. He says he will, not, he will be unstable as water. He will not prosper because he did this and he did that. And it stood. Then he faced Joseph and says, the better it will be with you. Your tribe, no one, you're going to get double portion. And he faced Judah and says, you will get the blessing. You shall your brother praise. Judah, the scepter, will not depart from Judah. Not the lawgiver from within its feet until Shiloh comes. For unto him shall the gathering of his people be. So we see 
the dynamics at play here. How do we bring this home to us? How does this even begin to make sense to you and I? How does this begin to make sense to you and I? If you remember this image, at silver and gold. How many of us remember gold and silver? Remember this image? Good. So, this is the Adamic line. This is the line we were on, the Adamic line that we were on. And from there, Noah, from there, we, we Kush and, you know, Nimrod, then Africa, then we are here today, right? So, this line is the cursed line. It is cursed from Adam to Noah to Kush. It's a cursed line. Now, what now happened is God called the Jews out and says, I'm calling you out. I'm going to make a covenant. We learned last week that covenant proceeds from God, right? And that is accurate. That's complete. That's, that's, that's true. Covenant only proceeds from God. So he made a covenant with them and said, I'm taking you out of the curse. And I'm going to send someone that through him, this blessing will not be extended to the whole world. His name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. So along the way, they said to um, God, we don't want to hear from you directly. Give us a mediator. So Moses came. So the Mosaic Covenant came. It was temporal. It was never God's mind. So the Mosaic Covenant was temporal and it ended at Calvary. But the Abrahamic Covenant continues. So, those of us that are on this line, at this point, when we submit to Jesus, we come out of whatever curse it is and come into the blessings of Abraham. And that's why we sing that song, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed. So, we come through Christ into the lineage of Abraham. So, the covenant God made, usually, like we liked last week, when God makes covenant with people, people can break it. But the covenant God made with Christ, God made it with himself. He came as man, made a covenant with Christ, so that that covenant is unbreakable. As strange as it may sound, there's nothing you can do to break the covenant of Jesus. We had that last week, didn't we? Okay. And of course, some people take that as license to sin. Of course not. If you understand it, you know it is not. And in the covenant, we have the birthright and the blessings. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we See how all nations are set up. When we see how all nations are set up, right now, in a fragmented way, we explained that God expects us to understand where we came from. Paul of Tarsus, Jesus of Nazareth. So, we have the black race, we have White, Asians, and on and on and on and on and on. However, 
God, and of course, Jesus of Nazareth <laughs> to us here. But this is what God has in mind. That here, we will all scale this gulf and come into Christ. And in Christ, we will all be one. Are we together? So, in Galatians 3, Galatians 3, 28, the word of God says that there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for we are all what? One in Christ Jesus. I think we should give it all a big, 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 big hand. We are all one. So, Jesus himself, as Jesus of Nazareth, did not become the Christ until he went to the cross and he was glorified. So, when Jesus became the Christ, he can unify all of us. So, in Christ, it doesn't matter if you are black, it doesn't matter if you are white, it doesn't matter if you are green, it doesn't matter if you are purple, it doesn't matter if you are orange. The blood of Jesus cleanses us and makes us all to be accepted in the beloved. Praise the name of the Lord. You remember when Peter and John saw the crippled man in Acts 3, what they said, and from in the book of Acts, you will see very deliberate what they say is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Before he was glorified, he was Jesus of Nazareth. After he was glorified, he was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And the man got up and walked. So, what am I saying? There's provision for the black man to be liberated in Christ. Only in Christ. Only in Christ. Absolutely only in Christ. So, if we are going to be free as a people, if you're going to be free as a person, the question will not be, are you Jew? Or are you a Gentile? It will not be, are you male? Or are you female? The question will not be, are you Japanese? Or are you Chinese? The question will be, are you washed in the blood? That will be the question. Are you washed in the blood? Are you washed in the blood? So, as a people, that's why it cannot even make sense. That's why tribalism cannot even make sense. It can't make sense. Because the question is not, are you Ibibio? Or are you Ausa? Or are you Ibo? Or are you Yoruba? Or are you Calabari? The question is, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That's the question. Let's put our hands together. Have you been to Jesus for the clan? Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads as we sing the song. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you garments spotless? Are they eyes? No, 
Kasa de Tere Bokora Tasatai in the Baha Jere Kise Bokashata Sokore Matase here to Kole Mahana. I want to pray with you if you are here, you're like, Pastor, I want to be able to say, I am washed in the blood. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Oh, you're saying, I, I used to be with Jesus, but can I rewash, as it were, in the blood? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you're seated. Wherever you're seated. If that is you, I say, Pastor, pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, I will pray together. God bless you. If I pull up your hand, pull up your hand well. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. Right there. Are you washed in the, in the blood of the Lamb? In the blood. God bless you. Another hand there. Another hand there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Right there. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. Right there. Not on your head. Over your head. Put it up over your head. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. Another hand over here. Another hand over there. God bless you. Another hand over there. Right there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Keep the hands up until you get the card. Once you have the card, you can put your hands down. God bless you. Another hand right there in that corner. Keep the hands up. That is me, Pastor. Keep the hands up until you get the card. Once you have the card, you can put it down. God bless you. Another hand there, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. Oh, put up that hands over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. If you're online, this, the instructions are scrolling. That is the question. The soul, cleansing blood of the lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are the white as snow? Are you washed? Father, we pray for everyone. That is surrendering to you today, or is committing to you today. They have the card, they've made the decision, they've taken the step. My father, according to your word, receive them into your kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Wash this once, O God of heaven. Cleanse everyone, O God, in the blood. To be accepted in the beloved. That your name. And your name alone will be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.